0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today, you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, let me start by saying I have missed everybody. We've been gone for two weeks. And I feel like it's been two years. It's just like, it's amazing how connected I am to you. You may think, eh, no, you're not. But it's like, that's how we feel. Uh, Deb and I were talking last night. It's like, boy, it feels like we've been away so, so long. uh, Just because of the connectivity we feel with everybody that's here. So we're excited to be back. We're excited to get ready to serve for the fall. Um, Well, I thought we'd start today off, you know, as usual, with talking about this Christian guy who was in the situation where the storms were coming, and can we not relate, based on the summer we've had, right? And the, the rain was pouring, and they were saying, evacuate, evacuate. And this guy said, I'm a Christian, and I'm gonna be strong in the Lord, and I'm gonna let his strength save me. And so he kinda hunkered down in his home, and the rains came, and the rains came, and they were starting to rise. And so all of a sudden, this rescue truck came by, and he's like, get in, get in, we'll bring you to safety. He's like, no, I'm gonna wait for the strength of the Lord to save me, you just keep on going. And so they kept on going. The rain came, the rain came, it started coming up. He went up to the next floor because the water was so high. And all of a sudden, a little speedboat comes zipping through. It's like, hey, come in, we'll take you to safety. He's like, no, I'm waiting for the strength of the Lord to come and save me. You go save someone else. And they went away. Down the water they went. And the rains kept coming and the floods kept going up. And now they were up to the second floor, so now he's on the roof waiting for the Lord. He's like, Lord, where are you? What's going on? Helicopter comes flying by in this crazy weather. And he's, call her down. We'll send a rope down, grab on. He's like, no, the strength of the Lord is going to save me. Go save someone else. The water overtakes him and he's before the Lord. And he's confused. He's like, Lord, I trusted in you. I waited on you. What happened? And the Lord looked at him and said, son, I sent a rescue vehicle, I sent a boat, and I sent a helicopter. How did you miss all of that? (laughs) And sometimes that's how we are with God, right? We have expectations on how he should work, what it should look like, and what it's gonna be like. And God often works in very unique ways, in very unconventional ways sometimes, but also in very traditional ways other times. He'll send a boat, he'll send somebody, he'll send somebody into a situation you're in, and it's like sometimes we have to trust that when we can't, you know, trust ourselves with a situation because God, from one thing I can tell you, is faithful, faithful, faithful. And if you're a believer in him, he is going to be faithful, faithful, faithful. To start not only the work in you, but to continue it on and to bring into your life things that are going to be helpful. And we're going to look at that today uh, as we look at all in with Jesus, only Christ's strength endures. And if there's one thing I've learned, I mean, age teaches you something very interesting. Your physical strength is waning. <laughs> you know, the strength you had in your 20s goes away. <laughs> it becomes a very different thing in your life. And, um, it's, I think God does that intentionally because it's like, you have to at some point look up and go, okay, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't maintain this anymore. What do I do? And that's where he wants us. Cause he's like, I'll help you in all of this. My strength is perfect. My strength will endure. My strength will give you what you need. So hopefully this morning, as we go through this particular portion of Philippians, we're coming to the end as the summer comes to a close. I'm sad about both. (laughs) Philippians has been a very rich book. Um, And so it's like, let's not miss all that he has in us. And just out of curiosity, um, how many of you still write physical letters with ink (laughs) and pens and paper? Oh, good, 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 cool. So it's like we have to remember, this is a letter that Paul is writing, and, you know, it's like when you get to an end of a letter and there's stuff that you still want to say, right, all of a sudden there's all this stuff. And it just, it's kind of, it can almost seem disconnected, but it has importance, it has value, because you're writing it down and you want to communicate it. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at here in this last part of the book and what Paul's trying to do. And he wanted to address a situation that was going on within the church. And so that's what, what he's talking about here. So let's go to our text. Uh, if you're using the Bibles that are in the chairs, it's page 1351. If you have your own Bible, you can turn to Philippians 4. Um, we're going to look at verses 2 through 7 today. And as you're turning there, I want to just kind of remind, uh, remind us of where Paul was headed at the beginning, right? Where, when he set out. So Philippians 127 uh, says, Only let your manner of life Be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And this idea of this one mind, he gives us a little bit of insight there Uh, in Philippians 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself of nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so it's like Christ is giving us this example for us to to live and to embrace as we go through this life, and this idea of standing firm in the spirit, And we struggle with that because life's events challenge us and they distract us and they capture our attention. And so sometimes living in the spirit becomes almost a battle for us. But also here, you know, being of one mind and just kind of recapping it or capsulizing it, elevating God to his rightful place. Okay, that's what Christ did. That was the example he provided. God is over it all. He is above us. So being of one mind is elevating God to his rightful place, seeing yourself on equal footing with those around you. God, there's no, you know, it's, there is no respecter of persons in God's economy. And praise the Lord for that. There is no class war. There is no, it's like we are his people when we come before him. Humbling yourself through obedience. And that's the mindset Christ had. And then he asks us to strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. So that's where Paul started. And so then we've come along come along come along and now we come into this chapter 4 and verse 2 it says I implore yourordia And I implore, Suntike, to be of the same mind, and then he adds in here, in the Lord. And this is something that's going to be, we're going to see this a couple of times, because I think there's value, and because Paul wants us to see it, I want to highlight this so we don't miss it. Because sometimes, you know, Philippians becomes a book, we hear it, we read it, and we go through it really quickly, and sometimes we just kind of skate over these things that are there. But there's such value and importance to understanding that it's not just having the same theology, having the same doctrine, having the same rules that we all kind of do church by. God wants us to have the mind of Christ, to understand what he's provided through that. And that takes a yielding for us. We have to be on board with that. It's just like salvation, right? No, God does not hold a gun to any of us and say, get saved. No, it's a choice that we make to understand what Christ did for us and then to to take it and make it personal for us so that we're walking as one of his sons or daughters. This idea of being in the Lord is very important. And having the same mind in the Lord becomes very important. And then it goes on and says, verse 3, it says, And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And when we see that, whose names are in the book of life, it's like we're talking about believers. So if you're a believer, I mean, one of the most important things we can do, especially as sons and daughters of the Lord, is understand the unity. And to me, I don't know if you've caught it, but there's such a strong thread of unity in this book. God wants us to be one. He wants us to be united. He wants us to be connected in very real ways. And I think sometimes church can become this weird, isolated thing. Uh, I remember a friend of um, Deb's one time kind of shared, it's like, you know, oh, it's like, I, it's so hard to walk into church. And Deb was like, why? Well, it's like, all oh, those people have these perfect lives and my life is such a mess. You can laugh now, because it's like we all know our lives, right? They're challenging, they're messy, they're crazy, they're far from perfect, right? And that's the thing, it's like, as we start to get into each other's life and share in the mess, I think that's what brings some really unique unity to us as we understand our brothers and sisters in Christ and where they're at and what they're doing. And I think that whole idea of community, um, you know, Paul's asking here, you know, we've got this conflict. Ha- help these women <laughs> resolve this conflict within the doors or in the walls of the church. Because you think about it, you know, God is calling us to be an example to the world. And so first point here is like church community strength is what we're going to look at. Or, and I'm going to just even rename it life source strength. I want to make this personal for us. For us to be strong, we're going to have to have a unity that is like no other. We're going to have to come together in a way where we're strong, but not only that, we have a strong testimony, a strong witness, and that we're impacting the world around us. We're not just a nice building on the hill that people think, oh, what a great place. Church community strength or life source strength. And again, it starts off the same way as Paul did at the beginning of the book. Being of the same mind. Be of the same mind in the Lord. And again, just to remind you, elevating God to his rightful place. We're called, right? We, we talked about this multiple times, but when we we're in Colossians, right? Christ should be preeminent in our life. And again, it's like, I think we struggle with that. I, you know, there becomes this thing, it's like, you know, we struggle with, you know, does having Christ be preeminent mean I, I, all I do is read my Bible, all I do is do, you know, happy, godly, Christian things, and all I do... No. It, it's bringing God with you in everything you do. The cool part about who God is and what he's done and the, the diversity we have in the church is he wants to impact the world through you, through every one of us in this room. Not just pastors, not just deacons, not just trustees, not just church workers, everybody. And he, you know, he's planted you somewhere. You know, the places that you work, the places that you live, the involvements you have in the community. He wants you to be a light. He wants you to be salt there, and to communicate. Um, it was interesting. There's somebody I know that um, I was at a function and. I said, you know, oh, how do you know this person? And, you know, oh, from where they work. I was like, oh, wow, that's wild. You're here from, you know, it's like that person was so involved with, you know, being a a light at work that all of a sudden some of these people were at a party for this person, which was kind of wild because they wanted to get closer and understand this God that this person talked about so much, which is kind of cool, I think. And so it's like, again, it's... Being openly Christian. When I worked with the teens, I used to say all the time, live out loud. Don't be an undercover Christian. Live out loud. Be openly Christian. Because it's like, that. we're going to talk about that in our next point, so I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But this whole idea of being a community here with us, we've got to figure out ways to get together. We've got to figure out ways to... Get involved in one another's lives. Whether it's going out for coffee or getting involved with some kind of an activity or, I mean, that's one of the things I know, one of the reasons why we have the annual picnic is to try to bring people together to help them have a comfortable sort of place to get to know each other. That's one of the purposes for sure and to have some really good food because you guys cook amazing. So the stuff you bring is usually really amazing beside the point. But it's like having a community becomes something very powerful. And I'm talking church community, not just the community at large. And so we've got to have that mindset of, okay, it's church is getting involved. And even on a Sunday morning, just getting here and trying to connect with some people, trying to get to know some people. Um, it was funny. One morning I was talking to different people, kind of going around, going around. And I would say... Five of the 10 guys I talked to that day were like, you know, oh, I can't wait to get a pole in the water. I can't wait to go fishing. I can't wait to go fishing. And it's like, wow, I had no idea there were so many guys that were into fishing. But it's true. But it's like, let's get these guys together. Let's do this stuff together and do some stuff where we can be a witness and a testimony for the Lord on the lake with a pole in our hand, having a good time. Because God wants that for us, too, right? Right. But also, there's another element here that Paul's talking about, and that's building one another up in the Lord. Because life is challenging. Um, Galatians 6.1 tells us, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And so it's like this idea of building one another up in the Lord it's like, it's being understanding when messy lives connect. Because it's like, we're not always on our game. We have challenges, we have trials, we have struggles, and we mess up too. And wouldn't it be great if there was only some way to have somebody come beside you and go, you're gonna get through this, you're gonna be okay, because I'm gonna walk through it with you together. Yeah, we do, it's called the church. <laughs> we, we do have that group. But sometimes we all suffer in silence and we suffer in isolation and we think there's nobody who understands. We should be the group that understands and is getting involved in a way that we're serving one another, building one another up in those times when we need to be built up. And I'll tell you, it is becoming more and more difficult to stay strong in this world because, I mean, there are... (laughs) I don't know about you, but there are just weeks where I just feel beaten down based on what's on the news or what's going on, or it's just like, oh, my goodness, Lord, even so come, Lord Jesus, let's be of here. But there's still work to be done. That's why we're still here. And so we've got to, instead of becoming defensive, we need to become offensive in a positive way where we're impacting, we're getting out, we're being the salt, we're being the light. And that helps, and that starts By becoming a strong church here. A strong church community here. But then also building unity in the Lord through support. I know that sounds similar, but this is a little bit different. Uh, First Peter tells us this. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God. One endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it, if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? Thank God we don't get beaten for sin anymore. Can you imagine? (laughs) That would be tough. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. And so building unity in the Lord, you know, also comes in sharing these experiences where we are doing what's right, we are succeeding, we are strong in the Lord, and then we pay for it, unfortunately, in the world. It happens. Um, I know somebody who, you know, they take their jobs super seriously and they work hard and they're, they're almost a little anxious about making a mistake because it's a licensed kind of a situation and they're just very on top of their game. And they are succeeding constantly. But it seems like they get dumped on more and more and more. And it's like, it's like, why do I keep getting penalized for doing good? Why do I keep getting penalized for being a good employee and going the extra mile and doing all this stuff? And it's like, it happens because guess what? You've become loyal. you become trustworthy. It's, people can count on you. And it's like, that is becoming a missing art in this world where people are trustworthy or people can be counted on and those kinds of things. And so sometimes it feels like you're getting penalized for doing well. And it's like God says, just take it in stride. But see, here's the thing, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, so I won't get too ahead of myself, but it's like the idea that we've got to exchange our strength for Christ's strength. Because it's like, our strength only lasts for so long. Our strength can only go to a certain limit, and then it will fail. But Christ's strength endures. Christ's strength is everlasting. And it's not that we burn ourselves out just living in Christ's strength. Sometimes it's Christ's strength will tell us, you need to say no. You need to stop. You need to slow down. But it's being in the Lord and trusting in that relationship that brings you on this journey where you're working with God instead of beside God, behind God, or a couple blocks away from the Lord. But that's where in the church we should be helping people and people should be helping us challenge ourselves in positive ways. And that's not, you know, you think about it, you know, we're call to be iron that sharpens iron. Doesn't that sound fluffy and soft? Iron that sharpens iron? No. It can be a little abrasive sometimes. It can feel a little ooh sometimes. And we need that. Because sometimes that's what it takes for us to really think about what's going on in our life. Am I really, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for God? Am I living for just myself and am I being selfish or am I really being humble? Am I really being what I need to be? We need that. Men especially. We can get ourselves into trouble, especially if we're isolated. We can get into trouble. You see a group of boys, right? On a schoolyard, they can get into trouble if people aren't watching. It happens. But Romans 15.1 also challenges us. If you're still kind of waffling, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And before we get puffed up and all kind of arrogant about it, sometimes we're the weak one and we need to be lifted up. But don't you feel, to me, that's hopeful that I'm just not left alone. You know, I've got men that I know if I'm kind of slipping, they're gonna check on me. They're gonna say, hey, uh, things seem a little off with you or things seem a little different with you. And I am thankful for that because it's any one of us, we can slip right down a slope into a pool of yuck and who wants to live there? I know I don't. So, church, community, strength, being of the same mind in the Lord, building one another up in the Lord, building unity in the Lord through support. And again, that support isn't just going, oh, it'll be okay, you'll be all right. Sometimes that support is saying, hey, you made these choices and this is kind of what goes with that. I'm sorry, I'll I'll help you rebuild, but this is how it goes down. And just kind of give us some things you've probably heard, but just sayings I kind of, you know, when there is no enemy within, the enemies without cannot hurt us. We have got to have one another's back in this family of ours. Unity, in unity there is strength. United we stand, divided we fall. Sticks in a bundle are unbreakable. Have you ever heard that one? I've never heard that one. No, me either. Uh, There is strength in numbers a house divided against itself cannot stand and then again strength lies in unity and so there's a lot more strength and power and i think i don't know about you but you know there i have my days where it's like can i make a difference does it even matter what i do how i live and that thinking has got to be pushed back on we can all make a difference i mean you look at Call himself, one man, but one man in the Lord, surrendered to God, wanting to do what he can do. And so it's like, yes, we can, as an individual, make a difference, but we can make an even bigger difference if we're united. All right, moving on, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. And I I don't know if you know this, but when stuff gets repeated in Scripture, it's like, (laughs) rejoice! It's like saying it louder. It's like all caps. (laughs) This is their way of doing all caps in the Bible. Repeating it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That should be the delight of our heart. You know, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Rejoicing in Him. Rejoicing in what He's done. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And so, this whole idea of, you know, in verse five, it says, let your gentleness kind of an interesting word there. It has kind of a broader meaning. Um, it, it starts out with kind of like a moderation or a patience. Um, but gentleness, kind of, I looked at multiple scholars and there's, I pulled the things out that they had that were similar, and this is kind of what they all came to grips with. Gentleness is meekness under provocation, readiness to forgive injuries, equity in the management of business, candor in judging of the characters and actions of others, harmony of disposition, and the entire government of the passions. And McKnight had all of those, and then other people had these too. And that's a, a very powerful, strong word for it to be gentle. because so that's, And that's where guys sometimes get really challenged by scripture. It's like, you know, gentle man be Christians. No, no. No, sometimes it's taking it on the chin. Sometimes it's having a big loss and just saying, God's going to take care of this. I'm not going to retaliate here. And that takes way more strength than just beating someone down. Trust me. To do what's right in the face of craziness sometimes is the most difficult thing to do. And that's where, you know, cultural strength, and this is that visible outer strength that the world sees in the Christian world. Cultural strength. And and we're to have that here. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't know about you, but I enjoy being around people who are happy. It's like, I just enjoy that. Uh, I struggle with people who, you know, it's like everything's half full, everything is dark, everything is dreary, something's going to blow up, or something's going to happen, or I just, I don't have fun there. I like people who just see the world as God has so much for it, and we're going to move forward, and we can overcome whatever. I'm that's, that's my ilk, for sure. And so it's like, that's, I think, part of how we, again, I don't want us to just become a people who have this, a bunch of cliches and a bunch of um, hypocrisy dripping from our lips. I don't want you to have trouble in your life and go, it's okay, I'm happy and I'm fine. No, that's, that's not what this is saying here. But we can rejoice in trials. We can rejoice in situations knowing that, okay, man, this is overwhelming me, this is I don't even know where to go, but I know that God is in control, God knows what he's doing, and don't let me miss this. Cultural strength, that visible outer strength. Now, I normally don't do this, but I just, God laid this on my heart, and I've gone back to this multiple times. Uh, One of the devotional readings I do every day had something in it that I just thought helped communicate. This whole thought process of kind of, um, well, my first point here is using life events to magnify the Lord. So let me read this and then we'll kind of dig in a little bit more. Thank you, my gracious and sovereign God, that you have been with me and carried me from the day of my birth until today. That you have known my whole life from beginning to end since before I was born. And that you wrote in your book all the days that you ordained for me before one of them came to be. Thank you that in your gracious plan to bless and use me, you've allowed me to go through hard times, through trials that many people go through in this fallen world. How glad I am that you're so good at reaching down and making something beautiful out of even the worst situations. How encouraged I am when I think how you did this for Joseph, how his brothers hated him and abused him and betrayed him, and how you work these things out for blessing both for Joseph and his family, and for the countless other people. I praise you that the things that happened in my past, both enjoyable and painful, are raw materials for blessing, both in my life and the lives of others. So I thank you for the specific family, or lack of family, into which I was born, and the opportunities you did or did not provide. And thank you, Lord, for the things in my past that appear to be limitations hindrances, bad breaks, wounds of old hurts, unmet emotional needs, mistakes or neglect of other people, even their cruelty cruelty to me, their abuse. How comforting to know that in all my distress, you were distressed. And how I thank you, Lord Jesus, that on the cross you bore my griefs and carried my sorrows as well as my sins, that I can kneel at the cross and worship you as the one who took on yourself all my pain and experienced it to the full. How comforting to know that in the present day, day by day, you feel with me any pain, confusion, inner bondage, or struggles that stem from my past. Thank you that all these things seeming disadvantages are a backdrop for the special unfolding plan you have in mind for me. And that if my past still handicaps me, you are able to lead me to the kind of help I need. I'm so grateful that in all my past circumstances, uh, they were permitted by you to make me see my need of you and prepare my heart for your word, to draw me to yourself and to work out your good purposes for my life. I rejoice that you are the blessed controller of all things. You are now, you will be throughout the future and you always were. All my days had your touch of love and wisdom, whether or not I can as yet fully see it. And Lord, I choose to look beyond my past and present troubles in this life, this temporary life, and fix my eyes on the unseen things that will last forever. I praise you for the eternal glory these things are piling up for me as I choose to trust you. This is the, the cultural strength we need to have. And this is what, the, what we need to have to impact our culture around us. I don't know about you, but it's like, it is getting scary. And I think some of that is because we've withdrawn. We have pulled out of the world. <laughs> and it's like, you know we're challenged to be in the world, but not of the world. And so we thought, oh, the easiest way to do is just, whoop, retract. You know, we're all this, you know, turtles in our shell kind of going, all right, we'll just make it to whenever. No. We need to be impacting the culture. We need to be getting out there and talking about these things, being a light, being salt, telling people about the Lord. But not only that, using our lives as proof. We've all overcome stuff. I look around in this room and I I know some of the stuff you guys have overcome It's daunting and amazing. But it's also, the the important part of that phrase is overcome. And people need to know how to do that. There are people drowning out there in the world's message, and we need to show them that there is another way. And we need to impact and develop a culture of Christian living again. That used to be the foundation we were built on as a community, as a country, I mean. And we need to bring that back. We need to restore that. And that starts with us. That starts here. That starts now. Cultural strength. Using the events of life to magnify the Lord. James 1, 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And again, not that we love trouble, but it's like, God's going to work. I'm going to see how God works this out. And not letting it overcome you. Not letting it totally take your feet out from under you. Because it's like, if we focus on this trouble, it's like, it's just going to distract us from focusing on the Lord. And we we will struggle to impact our culture. Uh, We should be a rejoicing people, not trying to outdo each other with how bad our life is, or how troubling things are as they come our way. But it also, like I said, it needs to be genuine, not cliche, I mean, there was a time I remember when it was just like, you know, you felt like you had to present this, you know, everything's happy, everything's wonderful, everything's great, you know, because, you know, if 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 there's problems in your life, there must be sin, and there must be, oh, what are you doing? No. No, good things happen to, I mean, bad things happen to good people all the time, and how we impact that and how we deal with that is what makes the difference. We can have a huge impact on our culture, but we've got to live out loud. Secondly, with respect to the culture, exposing God in your life to be seen by others. Luke 6.45 tells us this. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have got to allow God to transform us. And it kind of comes into, we grow to be like the Lord. Right? That's the second part of what we're trying to do. Surrendering to the Lord, you know, coming to Christ is important, but also surrendering to the things he asks us to do in this life. To live according to his ways. I can attest to you today, when you align to God's principles, there's blessing. Maybe not immediately, it may take a few years, but there's blessing but we have to be in the Lord and we have to trust the Lord. And we can impact, we can impact our culture. Church community strength becomes important. So we're building one another up, being of the same mind, building one another up in the Lord, supporting one another. We need that when we're here. Cultural strength, Using life events to magnify the Lord, exposing God in your life to be seen by others, using all of this stuff that goes on needs to be part of what we're doing on a regular basis. And again, it's, it's involvement. And that takes effort on our part. And, f- and again, just, all you sometimes have to do is go, okay, Lord, I'm willing. Show me. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Because he will. He's faithful to do that, and he'll start showing you. But I'll tell you, when you start living that way, it's amazing. Um, I'll pass. All right, verse 6 and verse 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known of God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Or you could also say, or in the Lord. Right? Again, it's living in the Lord, living in the Spirit, living according to what He wants. And I'm labeling this whole thought process here as conceptual strength, because I had to stay with C's and I'm a crazy person like that. But it's really the idea of mental strength, right? Uh, If you listen to football terms, you know, that mental toughness, having mental toughness, mental toughness. And there's value there. Because it's like we can't just fall apart because life happens. Right? We've got to stay strong there. But again, our strength needs to be God's strength, not just our own. So this whole idea of conceptual strength or mental strength, this is stuff that we're dealing with that's in the invisible realm, right? The cultural strength stuff, that's visible stuff, you know, living out loud, showing people, you know, how God's working in our lives, showing people how these things can be overcome. It's very visible. This now becomes this whole conceptual thing, this mental thing, is invisible stuff that happens on the inside, that affects our heart, that affects our mind, that changes the very way we live. Because that's where I get my, you know, belief determines behavior. If you believe in your heart, you believe in your mind something, you're gonna behave that way, truly. That's how it works. You know, it's, no, I won't go there. Anyway. First thing is, remember who God is. Having a, a clear understanding of who God is is so valuable and so important. He's not the big meanie in the sky with a two-by-four waiting to just, you know, when are you going to mess up? Because I want to ding you. That's not who he is. That's not who he's ever been. Ever. That's, those aren't his characteristics. Romans 1.20 challenges us this way. It says, for his invisible attributes, namely... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made, so they are without excuse. It's like, look around. That was created. There was no burp in the swamp and all of a sudden this was around. Just wasn't a thing. God created all of it. And I don't know about you, but it's like when I'm on the beach and I look out and I just see the vastness and then you either add a sunset or a sunrise to that, breathtaking you can't help but say there's no way there's no way this just happened there's, there's too much beauty there's too much grandeur there's too much magnificence to it all to even think but we've got to have that impact it's got to impact us in our hearts and in our minds and then it's got to go out as we live in this world So we impact it. 1 Timothy 1.17 tells us this. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. It's hard sometimes. I know we like to see things and, you know, we want skin on God. That's what the, you know, the apostles or the disciples wanted. You know, it's like, just show us, show us. But you know what? we're even more blessed to not see and believe. Christ said that. And we have more blessing because we are living by faith. And it's just—it's not just coming to Christ by faith, but it's living by faith every day, all the time, that has the transformational power. Because faith is not just a one-time thing that happens at salvation. Faith is a way of life. It was interesting. Um, oh, I don't want to give away anything. Um, Okay. So one thing that I miss, I was talking to somebody and was reminded of this. This will be the safest way to say this and without giving anything away. Um, So we were with uh, Word of Life as missionaries, and as missionaries, you have to raise support. And it's like you are at, (laughs) for the lack of a better way to say this, you're at the mercy of people, to provide funding to help you do your ministry when you're on the mission field and so as scary as that was uh in fact for five years that prevented me from going into becoming a missionary because i thought that's craziness and then god said look either you are going to trust me or not so it's like do you trust me to take care of you and it took him five years to make me believe that yeah he will and so we went out on deputation. We shared our ministry with people all over the place, and we got supported, and it was amazing. And that puts a weird kind of pressure on you because it's like you want to make sure you're, you know, honoring these people uh, with their sacrifice, but also it helps you see God's hand over and over. And i its funny. That's something I miss. It's like it's because it was like. God used to do incredible things in our life that it's like you couldn't see, there was no way that that could happen. And he provided for us and just unbelievable. In fact, you know, we were able to buy a house making $25,000 a year in Southern California. That's not a thing. Let me just tell you, (laughs) that's not a thing. But God did that for us. It, he, he brought circumstances and situations together to make that happen. Not that it's all about material. I don't want to live there, please. But it's just living by faith, is, is, it's amazing. And this just helps remembering who God is and remembering how he works and remembering what he does. It will transform the way you live. Um, Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. just we're reminded, by faith he, Moses, Left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And that's, that's what we have to do with our life events. Is God is invisible, but he's doing things, doing things, doing things, doing things all around us. And we have got to slow down enough to see them and enjoy them and then live them out. But then also recognizing what God does in return, which is so cool. Uh, the second part of that, which is verse 7 there, you know, the peace of God. How many of you say, yeah, I, I think I could use some peace? Oh, no one. Oh, great. That's awesome. You're all there. Excellent. I love it. 2 Corinthians gives us a little bit more insight into this. 2 uh, Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power or strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We're challenged here. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Or we might say, in the Lord. There. And so it's a matter of, you know, remembering who God was, remembering what God has done, recognizing what God does in return for us. And it's, I don't think there's a way to really communicate the peace that passes all understanding. Because it doesn't make sense a lot of times. You know, I've been in crazy, crazy situations, and it's like, okay. And, you know, it's God's grace at work. It's like, this, God's in control here. I don't need to, whatever. All in with Jesus, only Christ's strength, only Christ's strength endures. And I want to add, in the Lord. It's remaining in him, abiding in him that provides this and presents this to us. It's making sure that we are a community that is supportive of one another and building one another up and challenging one another and is a testimony and a witness to our community. It's impacting our culture, making sure we're standing up for God and standing up for those things. And yeah, sometimes we're going to do the right thing and we're going to get banged for it. But then also, inside, in our minds, in our hearts, being mentally strong, in the Lord, remembering what He's done, recognizing what He will give in return. And I liked what the devotional said. You know, the stuff that goes on in our life is all raw material for blessing. And it's just a matter of giving it to God and not holding it onto ourselves. Community strength, cultural strength, conceptual strength. Only Christ's strength in us will endure. Okay, let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we're thankful, Father, for your word that challenges us and moves us in ways that uh, help us really consider our choices, how we live, what's going on around us, uh, how it impacts us, how we impact it. And Lord, I pray that we would just continue to be a people uh, that magnify you in our lives, uh, that people will notice the difference in us and know that that difference is Christ living in us. And Lord, that we can be witnesses and we can be testimonies and we can live in such a way that we impact our community and we impact our culture uh, to try to turn around some of the stuff that's going on so that you are seen more visible and you are elevated. And um, help us to wave your banner with truth and trust. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.